Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today we are joined by SEO expert, guru, businessman, entrepreneur, everything in the middle, Carl Hybers. He is the CEO and part owner of the most awesome SEO business, digital business, uh, Mad Scientist Digital. Welcome, Carl, to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Now, for those of you who don't know who Carl is, apart from working and part owning a the coolest business. Uh, if you've ever seen their logo, it is quite eccentric, um, which I love. It's uh, a little left of centre, which, you know, I'm all about. Carl has been around for a long, long time. He has experience across different business sectors and positions and also managed to grow a family of four adult children. He got them to adults like that on its own. <laughs> Congratulations. And you've got a little baby grandson. What's his name? Uh, Flynn. He's now four, just turned four. Oh, that's so cute. Flynn. Carl has been around uh, doing retail and supply chain in uh, FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods. I always get that confused. Uh, from supermarket management, oh, same here, uh, to national sales manager for a few companies such as Sapco, great quality products, love Sapco. Then you became a finance broker for businesses as a Greenfield franchisee manager for Mortgage Choice. What does that mean? (laughs) Um, Well, it's time to do my own thing. I've been thinking about doing my own business for years. So leaving the... Uh, FMCG industry um, and I didn't have experience of being a finance broker or anything so I went to a franchise operation so you get some training mm-hmm. and started a business from scratch as a finance broker um, with four young kids and big mortgage and it was like well you got to make this work or um, you're gone so went hell for leather and managed to have a wife at home four kids and raised the family while I was running that business for 11 years and growing that business, yeah. Now, tell me if you, at a minimum, didn't have finance experience that you at least liked numbers. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. People who know me know that numbers and spreadsheets are something I seem to do pretty well. Froth over? <laughs> no, I don't know that. But I understand them. Oh, that is a good, that's a good sign. Lovely. Now, so you did that for 11 years and you also became one of the top 100 brokers in Australia and a mentor for the industry. So considering you've gone in there with no prior knowledge, you've come out 11 years later like the bee's knees of the industry. 
Uh, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of really good... Oh, he's so humble. <laughs> but, um, well, within Mortgage Choice, I became a mentor. I think the big difference was that I didn't come from the finance industry. Right. So because I came from a sales background and a and a, an industry where, you know, you're dealing with people like Coles Meyer at head office level or whatever, if people have done that, they would be going, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm, yeah, done um, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I... I knew what you need to bring to the table and one of the biggest things in the finance industry, they were so staid. You know, people were still going to people's homes with a suit on um, because they came out of being an accountant or a big bank manager or whatever. And I found that my my settle, settling of any deals was a lot higher ratio and mainly I thought it was because I understood how to, you need to give a little bit of yourself when you went into a person's home, you need to blend in. You know, if their kids are, they get upset because their kids are being annoying. So you just, oh, yeah, I've got four of them at home, blah, blah, blah. And you just had to give a bit. And so for people to understand that and how to blend in with the community and become a service offering rather than some bank manager type person rolling in. And that sort of thing was one of the big differences I brought to the table. Yeah. Oh, that is so fantastic. So like step one, resonate with your customer. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's so true. I've, you know, I've had, uh, you know, brokers come to my home and, and exactly that. They come in, they've got their briefcase, they're all like kitted up in their, you know, in their Peter Jackson suit. <laughs> and they're, you know, carrying on like they're, they're the authority. And I'm like, mate, like, just chill out, calm down. Yeah. I think exactly. that is um, such a nice, thing as well like you know to be able to kind of make that customer feel at ease with the process and it's already a high stress situation talking money anytime you're talking money uh and generally talking money to you know mum and pop investors you know it's already like anxiety is high so for you to come in and just be a normal human being is such a refreshing uh you know activity (laughs) Well, yeah, authenticity, I suppose, is where it comes into it, isn't it? Um, it is a high-stress situation and it's a high-trust situation. Yes. Because often people don't even talk to their family about money and mm. then this stranger walks in and going to lay it all on the table. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly right. High, high trust and high vulnerability. Exactly. So you finished doing that and then time for something new. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, first, well, firstly, I went off to, um, I'd been training as a life coach and business coach in the background because I just thought what I really liked about what I was doing as a finance broker was helping people make the next step. I didn't particularly like the idea of going back and then dealing with the banks to actually get approvals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They can be quite painful at times, but um, at times, yes. So I uh, I decided to well I can help people out here. I've got some reasonably good experience, and I started doing life coaching and business coaching. Stepped into that space for um, about four or five years, Mm -hmm. and it was great. You know, I did enjoy it. Uh, It's really good to be able to help people move ahead, and I think in the end, that's my passion inside is helping small business get ahead and a lot of them don't because 
they don't have the expertise in some little areas or just that little push or that little bit of knowledge here and there that just makes that whole difference to their to their what, where they're going. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then within that space, that was a time we're talking back you know around 2011, um, and that's a time when people really need to move online and, and get websites. Really, you know, they should have done it already, but you know a lot of businesses hadn't done that sort of stuff. When you know, I was just starting to play with social media, and I was helping businesses say, "Look, let's move this this whole internet thing. You got to do it, or you're just not going to have a business." Um, yeah. But I really found a frustration in the points where finding people who could deliver those services well and knowledgeably deliver mm-hmm. at a reasonable price and then in a reasonable time frame was almost impossible. Um, you know, you have people who sing their praises and then they take 12 months to build a simple website and charge you $10,000, you know. So, and that was very frustrating. And I suppose that's where where it moved on from then. I'd met Ian, my, one of the business partners of Mad Scientist, and at a couple of networking events. So networking events are good. As long as you yes, they are. And uh, I met him again. We're sitting across from him for breakfast. We're about to speak to Bromman Bishop was presenting. So that was a bit of fun. Um, and we talked, he said, what are you up to? Oh, yeah, I've been doing the websites and social media, but now we're really into the SEO space. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So I tried the product, a couple of the products and services they were doing with some of my smaller clients. And they worked. They didn't cost ah. a fortune. They happened quickly and they worked. You know, it's like a new cafe that was in Berwick at the time, um, you know, they were number one on TripAdvisor after a while and, you know, they were doing quite well. Wow. Um, so just from simple services and got on well with Ian. And I suppose by then also I'd missed working in a team. Um, yeah. When I was morning yeah. program, I had my, had my own crew around me, but as a business coach, you're sort of on your own and dealing yeah. with businesses. <laughs> and so Ian asked if I'd give them a hand because they're starting to grow, just help me out with some client stuff. And then I don't know what happened. There's a fuzzy place of about six months where I started helping. Then I was virtually running the place and then I have part of the business and I'm CEO. So <laughs> next minute. Then <laughs> I, I, I was still coaching every now and then. I, if someone asked me, I'd do a little bit. But um, really, um, Mad Science Digital is, is what I do. And between Ian's expertise in the in the overall social media and everything else really to do with tech, but he's also good at talking to people. And Andrew, who came in as the SEO expert uh, as part of the business, we've all been around for more than five minutes. Um, Ian's a lot younger than me. But um, <laughs> and, but uh, so we've, we've got experience. We're not just going on um, our theory as what should work. We've usually tested it. I had a look yeah. at it and we test it on our own websites and if it works, we give it to our clients. So so I'm quite enjoying that helping small businesses and we are some of them those five, seven years now um, on a regular basis doing ongoing SEO and they're still continually improving and changing their businesses. So that's good. That's good. Sorry, I'm rambling that's on. That's amazing. No, no, no. It's such a fascinating story and I, I especially get a giggle when you, you know, talk about that kind of um, courting period between you and Andrew, 
It's like some whirlwind marriage, like one minute you're dating, the next minute you're knocked up and you've got a baby. (laughs) Excuse me, yes. Yes, I don't know how that even happened. (laughs) Here's this baby. We called it Mad Scientist Digital. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're sort of here and, you know, you already had, um, we sort of already had it rolling, but I've come in. You know, the business had been going since 2012 or 11. Um, so um, I, I was Johnny, Johnny come lately, but that was back in two, 2015 now that I've joined in. So mm. um, it's been oh, so a real... So you adopted a toddler instead? I adopted a toddler. Um, <laughs> some days you're still having tantrums. But um, so. <laughs> but no, it's it's... We've gone through ups and downs and like now is, uh, there's been some, a, a difficult period. Mm. Thank the government for stepping in with some stuff because that's really been helpful. Yeah. Uh, we're, looking, we're looking good for the future and, uh, yeah, we've got a great team at the moment. So. Yeah, and that is such a key aspect to getting through this whole uh, scenario, business scenario that everyone's experiencing at the moment is the type of team that you have put together can also be the make or break as to how we walk away from all of this. And um, knowing what I know of the the talent in your business, they are um, they sound like they are supportive and um, you know understanding. But that comes from uh, a group of leaders being open and transparent with them and as you said before authentic and caring about what is going on and how they're feeling um Mm. i had a conversation with uh another guest uh the other day uh, sean spence and he was talking about you know how one of the best things you can do is show you care and uh, a lot of us need to probably practice that not just uh you know, showing how we care outwardly but inwardly as well, caring about ourselves and caring about others is such a massive part of getting through this whole experience successfully. Well, I think we, we in a way, got a warning on that, I suppose, because we had a difficult year last year where our team actually changed over virtually the whole team. Wow. Um, for different reasons. Um you know, people went off to work with a friend who started their business. Someone else wanted to go overseas for 12 months. And when, when you've got a young team, that mm. is going to happen. Um, and so there's some of the things we just stopped doing for a while because the team was changing too quickly. We were busy trying to train people. And towards the end of the year, we the culture had sort of slipped. Um, and we had some start to get people together. So what's going on? And in the end, there were things that the people who'd come into the business didn't realise we used to do, but we'd drop them off because we we considered them, they weren't important. And the interesting thing was, and it goes exactly what you're saying, the interesting thing was what they were missing were having meetings, celebrating birthdays, Hmm. and just getting together. The stuff you think, well, we don't need that meeting, we didn't got things to do or hadn't thought about birthdays and, you know, so... The simple things. Create and all we had to bring back in, yeah, that, that exactly what we're missing now a bit and trying to build into what we're doing over Zoom, but yeah. around just communicating, being together and, and being part of each other's struggle through what we're doing yeah. um, became really important. And I think 
you know, my staff will probably listen to this eventually when they find it's been done, but what we found was just some simple little changes um, in caring again around the people mm. turned the culture back around again. And I think so connection with the staff is really important and it can be basic things like just celebrating people's birthdays um, that they feel they are connecting with each other rather than just doing work. Uh, yeah. So, and that's been important now. I must admit, again, it's hard to build in, particularly now everything's over Zoom. We have done a Zoom drinks afternoon where you could have a coffee or a tea or a drink or whatever. Um, we had one staff member leave us in this period of time because they found a job, believe it or not. Um, but so we, we sent them a hamper of cheese and, and wine and it arrived, I think, 20 minutes before we had the Zoom call to say goodbye to them. So that was good oh, time. That's impeccable that was, timing. <laughs> Just saying, if anybody wants to send me a cheese and wine hamper, get in touch. I accept them proudly. Uh, okay, well, yes, yeah, so I have to think about that and get all your <laughs> one. Um, and we'd love to do more of that. It's just a matter of the day-to-day whirlwind we're in. Yeah. Stopping and thinking about that sort of thing and making a call. How are you doing? What are you up to? And don't just talk about work, talk about something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The the good old COVID conversations get a little bit dull. I feel Uh, like it's a little bit of a conundrum because, to be honest, a lot of us aren't, apart from work or homeschooling, uh, don't even get me started on that this week, Um, (laughs) you know, we haven't had a whole lot of excitement occur within our day, so creating conversation is a little bit... um, Difficult, but that doesn't excuse the fact that we we can't try to connect with the people around us and our teams as well. And there are there are companies out there now who've created events online. Mm. So you know, there's there's some of them. There's something that's Singria and something that we're looking at. Uh, Race Party is a company that does slot car racing normally, but they've got now created events online. I haven't seen them yet. But so innovative. So, yeah, so people are doing stuff. Uh, you just got to go and find it and use it. So we, you know, hopefully we'll do something like that in the near future. That'd be so awesome. Now, this is the Value Driven Brand Podcast, Carl. And well, that's right. It's a purpose. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So I know that you have, as the resident expert on today's podcast, you have your own insights, tips and tricks and tactics on what you believe business owners can do to create their own value-driven brand. Now, do you want to give us some insight into what they might be? Sure. Uh, we, Advanced Scientists, we deal with a lot of businesses from start-up through to well-established. Uh, there's one uh, prospect we're talking to now as well through another business. And I think if you're going to develop a value-driven brand, you really have to build the foundation really well and start at the start. Too many businesses, even when I was business coaching, wanted to jump right in the middle of the pool first. Um, So they want you to fix their marketing and their people or something. With us, we see people want, they want a website, but they haven't gone back to the basics and thinking about, okay, why does my brand exist? Why have I done this? And if your answer is to make money, 
and that's the only answer you can come up with, you need to go and do something else. Right? Because it shouldn't be about that money is, a, is, is an outcome of bringing your passion to bear and helping other people. So you've got to really think about it as to why is my brand exist? Where is it going to go? What is it going to do for people? What service am I offering? And, and how is it going to help? Um, that's number one thing. And I think too many people don't go back to that basic premise and that foundation. Um, and really what values then do your, does your brand and you bring to bear? Because unless your brand is reflective of your values, mm. Well, then it's automatically a loss of authenticity. Yeah. Right, and in, so. in, in saying that, how would I, you know, as a business owner, I know, but I'd love to hear how you believe it, it could happen, uh, how would I know what those values are for me? Like what is the kind of tactical activity that I can do myself to comprehend what those values are, to know what my values bear. Yeah, look, I think it's good to get someone else involved, like a coach type person um, who, who knows this stuff. Uh, and you probably want one that's been around a while because the ones who, you know, their first business is being a business coach, they're probably not the people to talk to, or even life coach type people. Because um, you need questions thrown at you to make you clarify what you're really thinking. There is a nice little method as a life coach that mm -hmm. we used to use. Um, it's a thinking process that you just start to think, right, you're at the back of a church and you're looking and there's a, there's a funeral going on and different people are getting up. There is a friend of the person who's, who's, who's died. There is a work colleague, a family member getting up someone in the general community getting up to do a eulogy on this person. What do you want them to say because it's you in the coffin? That For those start... not watching the video, that was my tiny little brain exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, it's, it's about that. If I'm so that emotional these days. <laughs> it's been stuck at home doing homeschooling. This <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but it's, oh, wow. if you really work through that and think that through, what do you want them to say about you? That will start to give you what are your values. Then you don't want them to say you owned a Ferrari. Yeah. Um, so... I Not that I want to. Say it was a Lamborghini. Just, yeah, just well, joking. maybe. <laughs> but um, wow, that's powerful. Yeah, it's a powerful, it's a powerful tool, and and if you then get someone who then takes you through that, and I remember in the life coaching days where some people couldn't get past the the uh, all the merchandise they had to have, you know, all the all the stuff. Mm. And they needed they needed some time to get past that to get to break through the the walls they'd built up to their own emotions to understand what are really my values here what am I bringing to the table what do I want people to remember me for yeah. um, and yes your business is separate to you but if you're going to be authentic in your business it should sort of reflect that yeah absolutely um, yeah so 
I know it's, I'm getting into the emotional thing. This is not tick the boxes finance guy, but um, no, no, I think we get more yeah. cut through though when we do the emotional stuff because totally. we yeah. don't do the emotional stuff enough, and that's when we become emotionally stuck. Which, if anyone was to tell me that they have a business problem, I could probably guarantee after digging down barely scratching the surface that I could tell you that business problem is to do with you, not the business. Correct. Every time. Every time. And that's why I, when I was a business guy, I called myself a business life coach because yeah. I believe the two go together. You can't separate them. Um, yeah. And yet too many people try to separate them. They can't be. And that's one of my points with bringing a value brand is is – it's got to come from authenticity. It's got to come from, okay, these are my values. This is what I want to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have different ones and, you know, often they'll, they'll converge. And we mentioned about having a team. If you don't have strong values around your team and mm-hmm. what your culture is, no matter how small your team, um, then you could end up with the wrong people working for you for a long time and just damage your culture. Whereas we found... We do have a culture document. We have, um, you know, we have four pillars of our culture and we have our values. Even though we were a very small team, we set that up. Mm. But we have noticed over time that people who came into the team who didn't really fit, they end up leaving of their own accord. Yeah. You don't need to push them out because they don't feel comfortable. They don't fit. Yeah. So I think having developing your culture and your values as one of those foundational pieces is really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more personally. So what's the next uh, hot tip on creating your own value-driven brand? In long term, especially for smaller businesses who are looking, they're thinking, oh, where do I get my next dollar from? Mm. One of the things that is a danger to fall into is you do a little bit of anything for everybody because I can do that, so I'll work it out. Um, that was me to start with. Yeah, and that, and that was us too. Um, and when I came in, we started really, well, they were already starting to pull down to what is our lane, really? Which lane on the highway are you driving? Mm. Um, and stick to your lane. Uh, there's a lot of actions to be happening changing lanes. So, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, stick to your lane. So, like, we, we were... You know, we did the websites, we did social media. Uh, we could do, we can technically do a lot of those things. But our main bag is because we can do all that and we do SEO very well, we will do digital strategies for businesses because we understand the whole scope. Mm. But out of that, the work that we do for them after the strategy is we'll do the SEO piece. And we'll work with web developers, web designers, uh, AdWord people, and we have some really good partners that we can bring into the play for that. But our lane is SEO. Yeah. It's deep enough, believe me, Google keeps oh, I don't doubt data. it. <laughs> uh, it's deep enough technology and methods and procedures and thought process that it keeps us busy. And anybody yeah. who can comes out as a one-man band and says, I can do it all for you, now they'll be doing something really well, but most of it they'll do half. Yeah. Um, there is no one who will know this whole technical digital area very well across all the spheres that is now broken up into. So mm. um, 
just stick to your lane, you know, or find your lane. Even if you're a, if you're a coffee shop, you now if you're going to call yourself a coffee shop, you've got to make sure you're making really great coffee. But how many places do you go that make shit coffee and they call themselves a coffee shop? I was going to say, if you're in Melbourne, you better be yeah. making bloody good coffee. Represent. But, but, what, but what's your thing? Is it really great desserts? Is it really great cakes? Is it fantastic meals with it? What can you get known for? And everybody can actually put themselves apart in some way, even if they're doing the same thing as the guy down the road. Mm. Find your lane. Find what you are passionate about, what you're good for, and really go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that you use the word find because in my experience personally and with some of my clients who started from you know, uh, from, from the startup phase, they too, you know, started doing everything and anything that they could. But in that activity, they actually were quicker to find that lane than had they not kind of tried to do it all. They really nailed down what it was that they were passionate about. And, you know, initially it was, I want to get into business to help everybody. But then it became, actually, I want to get into business to help people who need to understand how to deliver a customer experience. Actually, I want to get into business to help people who want to improve their customer experience and become known for uh, a loyal uh, offering, you know. so Really defining what, what your business is about. And yeah. And, and that's really getting into your lane, isn't it? Is what is my lane? Yeah. And if your lane can be just for you, yeah. You find one that's you're the only one driving in it. Yeah. That's yeah, that's and that's the exciting thing, actually, for for me personally. There's not a lot of people driving in my lane, so you know, it's uh, it, it's a little bit scary in the sense that you don't have a lot of experience when it comes to seeing how other people have navigated it before you. Um, but, you know, if you've got the courage to just kind of, like you said before, go held a leather, you know, you can uh, shred the tyres and make it yeah. your own. Quite more than you can chew and chew like buggery, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that's, yeah, very important. And then... Mm. As I think started the whole thing was around the idea of put yourself in your prospects' shoes. Mm. Um, don't be afraid to ask your clients what they think. How can you improve? Get some feedback. People that are potential clients before you even get rolling, um, you get the best ideas from them. Yeah. Just, you know, so and there are, I've, I feel there are too many businesses who do it the way they think it should be done rather than do it the way that their clients want it to be done. Yes. And they don't find out what that is and then suddenly they don't have a business because someone else has done it the way the clients want it to be done. Yeah. And businesses evaporated because they didn't talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that, even now, I mean, the problem now is we're behind screens all the time. I, I did write a blog a year or two ago around the idea that we hide behind our screens. We send off emails and say, done the job. Although actually sending an email is not communicating with someone. Mm. Now, unless they're sending it back and you're having a conversation, then you may be communicating. But yeah. 
sending an email is not I've done the job. That's no. not the job. So, yeah, we, we've, we're, we're losing the ability to communicate authentically with each other. Mm. Um, just be honest up front. That way you're not setting up expectations with the client too that you won't meet and you'll just disappoint them. Yeah. In SEO, it's, it's a long-term thing. Mm. It's not a gratification. And unfortunately, most other things in our world at the moment are instant gratification. You want some fries, you can go down the road and pick up some fries, even yeah. in lockdown. Um, Unless you're in Melbourne, do it before 8 p.m. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, but not that I want any of those anyway. But you think, and, and even online, if you want to start getting some response online, buy some AdWords. Mm. And really be careful of that because you can spend a lot of money there with no return. So you really mm. need good people. We've got a couple of good people that we respond, we work with. But SEO is more, let's do the work now and over time you'll get the, reap the rewards. Yes. And if you stop doing SEO, then you will atrophy over time. But um, with, say, paid ads, if you stop today, you stop today. It's gone. Yeah. So we call ours is, is the organic side of things, grow it. Um, you know, get to page one with some searches maybe and therefore you're found anyway without having to spend the money on ads. Yeah. But it may take some time to get there. Yeah, if you want to get there, you've got to be very it? clear on what you want. You've got to be clear on your on your lane. Otherwise, it's going to cost you. See, there's, there's good imperatives financially to understand your lane too. Mm. Because if you've got a very broad idea, and you want to market a very broad idea, it costs you a lot of money to market a broad idea. Yeah. Um, and like I used to say, business clients, they, they would come in and say, well, everybody can do it with my product, like you were saying before. Mm. And I'd just look at them and say, well, you haven't got the marketing budget to get to everybody. <laughs> so who, who do we want to target? Who is it? Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. And... Um and, you know, if at the end of the day you can save yourself some dollars because you actually understand what your customers are looking for, then why wouldn't you? And if you don't understand what your customers are looking for, then please call me. I will help you make sure that you learn. Well, that's right, exactly. That's your expertise. And mm. finding, well, we were talking about staff before, but it also goes for customers. Finding what the customers like to hear and how they like to operate it works within stores how you how people answer phones or talk to people like we were chatting about before. Yeah. Uh, it works online too. Well, how do, what do they expect when they hit your website? You know, do, do they just want to follow through? Do they just want to contact you? Do they want to find out all about you first? Um, don't just make it look pretty. Make it functional. Usable, yeah. Do you think we need to um, go to the education department and create a whole class around communication and how to speak on a mobile phone, how to speak on a phone? Well, well, yes, and even how to speak. <laughs> generally. Just how to speak. Um, and, and how to actually be present when someone's speaking to you. Yes. Uh, we are so distracted with instant gratification now, the same as the classic is now, you know, people, well, not in Melbourne, we're not allowed to, but sitting in restaurants or cafes and they're all sitting with each other and each of them are on a mobile phone yeah, talking to somebody depressing. else who's walking there. Um, yeah, you know, be present with the people. One, and the other area is, of course, listen. Mm. Actually listen. Um, yeah. Take in what's being said, not 
think about what you're about to say next. Yes. Because um, really what you're about to say next should be influenced by what you're hearing in the first place. So um, that's where too many, when I was in charge of salespeople, there's so many of them who just have a presentation they've got to get out. Even if you said yes to the sale in the first 30 seconds, they got to do their 10-minute presentation and they end up talking people out of buying it. Um, be flexible. Be with the person that you're with and the business you're with. Mm. Because some of them, it may be a five-minute, hey, yeah, they really need our service and we can really help them. Mm. And others, maybe a year and a half before you do business because it's just not right yet. Um, but that's okay. Mm. Um, it's natural. Yeah, nurture them, exactly. Mm. So what's the next tip you've got for us? Uh, well, really, I think we've talked about a lot of them, but uh, the main thing is make sure you're understanding your prospects, et cetera, but you have to understand which prospects you're going to because of mm. what lane you've decided to be in because you've worked out what are what am I bringing to the table and why am I doing this. Mm. I mean, the old why, and, you know, you would know Simon Sinek and all that sort of stuff. Understanding your why is behind all this is to, okay, why am I doing this? And if you haven't got a good why, maybe you should start looking at doing something else. Um, yeah. I've told a few people that it didn't go down yeah, well. well <laughs> there was a couple of people actually sold their businesses and moved on because they realised they didn't really have a passion for the business. Mm. You know, they happened to fall into it. Um, or people switch over in their business. I two gentlemen were in a business and one was out there doing the selling, the other one's in the office. But when you look at their personality profiling, that was wrong. Mm. Um, so we flipped them. And both are much happier now. <laughs> How um, good is that? The business, the business is doing much better because just the guy sitting in the office on his own who hated it because he was a gregarious, you know, outgoing sort of guy, he wasn't as technical as the other guy. But the other guy was more technical Fine, well, he could be referred to. You didn't need to have that when you're out talking to clients. You know, you can always get back to them with a detail, you know. So, um, and it worked very well for them. Um, That's so cool. Another business, another business where the guy was trying to manage his his workshops because he ended up with a couple of mechanical workshops. But he loved being on the tools. Had no idea of how to run the payroll and all that. So, basically, what we did, we brought in a manager a business manager for he said but then they're managing the business not mine no it's still your business you're just employing them yeah and he went back out to customer service and dealing with the cars happy as larry and the business took off yeah so it's really understanding well in a way that's your lane of what you're good at as well mm. and understanding yourself then with really good people and that's one of the things i learned Really, I remember I remember a manager I worked under in at Woolworths in Sydney, believe it or not, when I was painting. <laughs> Good old supermarket a life. Long, long time, a long, long time ago. But he did say, surround yourself. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So did you leave um, Woolworths? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so, now that was rude. <laughs> Sorry, Woolworths. <laughs> Next week, Woolworths CEO coming on to <laughs> Not now. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's all right. I did I, actually a couple of guys I used to work with actually became CEO of Woolworths. Oh, really? Of I've got yeah. shares in Coles. Sorry, if anyone's coming on to the show, it's the Coles CEO. Okay, fair enough. But, um, 
yeah, that, but that point has always stayed with me and it's so true and I keep it, it comes back and repeats itself. Mm. Surround yourself with good people um, and nurture them, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, because without, without the good people around you, and you may have to pay a little bit more, it might be a bit harder to find them. It's like the old adage, be slow to hire and fast to fire. Mm. Just find the right people. And the right people are not necessarily got a skill that you need. I think they have to have an attitude and have to fit within your culture and your values. If they don't fit in your culture and values, you shouldn't be hiring them. Yeah. Yeah, so um, just that's really because you can teach someone a skill. That's... Mm. Uh, sure, some of them take a long time to teach, you know, if you want to draft them. <laughs> but you can teach, generally teach people skills. Mm. Uh, but attitude is really hard to teach. It is possible, but that's a that's a project. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. With attitude, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have a banner on my Facebook uh, page that says, your attitude determines your altitude. Yes, yeah. And uh, and it's I've actually gone and recreated that banner uh, for some of my other friends and and uh, fellow business uh, and entrepreneur business owners and entrepreneurs and they've got it up in their office in this massive poster, uh, okay. which is pretty cool. Every time she does a webinar or something, I'm like, I made that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I absolutely believe that that is the case as well. And, you know, I don't necessarily surround my pe- uh, surround myself with people who uh, have particular skill sets, but I certainly attempt to surround myself with people who have, you know, an optimistic attitude or shared values or, you know, challenge my thinking, um, you know, which can sometimes be hard because I, I know that upon reflection I am quite headstrong and I'm quite, uh, you know, rambunctious and, and, you know, like a bull at a gate with a lot of things. So for somebody to have the confidence to go, hey, Aileen, actually, have you considered, sometimes can be a little bit, um, you know, it takes a certain person to try and kind of stop me. (laughs) Well, that's a good point you bring up because... I think that's part of the authenticity as well. Or as there's a big thing in the leadership space at the moment of being vulnerable mm-hmm. as a leader. Um, and there is a balance there, sure. And we've, we've got one of the clients of ours, uh, Leadership Sphere. You know, they're doing the dare to lead stuff and, and he's been teaching leadership for years. And mm. that whole leadership vulnerability is, is there. And... Other people I've listened to over the years, I think one of the things that comes to mind is is ego and how much it can get in the way. For sure. And, and what you're talking about there is you may think you're right, mm. and mind you, know you're right, mm. um, but someone's going to question that, and that's fine. And whenever I employ anybody in our business, say, look, even if you're coming in, at, you know, you're only starting, but if you see something you think maybe could be done differently, Mm-hmm. or better, or you think we're doing something wrong, I want to know about it. I want you to come and talk about it. Yes. Um, because fresh eyes on things often will pick up little issues, mm-hmm. second, first, 
Second, they want them to feel that they are of value to the business, and they are because there are always ideas that come out that For sure. we can do that. Um, and that's where leaving ego at the door is good because don't think because you've got a business and you've built it, therefore everything must be correct because I built it. Yes. Yeah. Well, everything needs reviewing. Everything changes. Mm. And maybe you weren't correct. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I would, I would certainly say that for a long time I, I suffered uh, malpractice of the ego, but, um, <laughs> but it is certainly something in the last maybe six to eight months that I have consciously uh, every single day worked towards, uh, you know, putting my ego where it should be, not where it wants to be. So sometimes I have to go, actually, that's upsetting me, but is that my ego getting defensive or is that uh, is that a real thing? You know, I have to start questioning, hang on, why do I, why do I feel like this? And um, one of the guests that we had on this podcast, Dr. Linda Wilson, said, you know, one of the best things you can do is sit in those emotions and sit in those vulnerabilities and question, hang on, why do I feel like this? Why? What is coming up for me? And so many times it's your ego. So what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah. you have to you have to choose to make that change and go, hang on a minute, there's no place for ego in this situation. I wanted feedback. They gave me feedback. So now it's my job to show them that there's no consequence to doing what I asked them to do because so many times in business, as you said, oh, I created this business from the ground up. It's freaking amazing. Look at me. Everything I did must have been right. I know everything. But then the next time you say, actually, I'd like some feedback, and then you go bite their head off, no one is ever going to want to give you feedback ever again. And you won't learn. You and you won't, you won't learn. Yeah. Yeah. You won't learn. Yeah, there's one thing that I found funny. I remember one business I went into and, um, and had a whole bunch of sales team around Australia. And a lot of them had been there for a while. Mm. And after a while, there was I kept getting this, oh, that's the way we've always done it. Oh. So one, I hate that expression because, I, and I just, at one meeting, I just looked at them all and said, well, maybe you've always done it wrong. <laughs> Burn, as my nine-year-old um, would say. <laughs> And I was, what, in my early 30s then, and the sales team average age was about 45, so imagine how that went over. Um, so, but we change things, and, and things continue to change in this day and age quicker than anything. And now in the industry, I suppose I'm in, um, you know, it changes on a daily basis virtually, so there's something different to look at or, or to play with or to work out whether it works or it doesn't. Um, and that's... I think that's a question every business owner should ask themselves. What have we always done the way we've always done that maybe we should be reviewing? Yes. <laughs> you know, is, is there a tweak? Is there a new system? Is there a different way to approach this? Um, and that's where, you know, putting the ego aside and going, is it a different way? Mm. Maybe even bringing a coach in or uh, just a, a friend to say, hey, tell me what you really think. Yes. You may open Pandora's box, but um, but sit it like you said, sit there and take it in and, and, and mull over it because change is the consistent thing out there. And it if is. you don't change, you're going to be left behind. 
it, it, it's just the way it is. You've got to move forward with things. And it surprised me right now in the industry now I'm in and learnt about how many people still say, oh, I just want a website. And they don't recognise that just having a website, and what does that mean really anyway, mm. doesn't mean you then suddenly are visible online. No. Goodness right? sake. There's over a billion websites. So, hello, you just created another business card and stuck in a warehouse of a billion other you know, business cards. So how do you make yourself stand out? Mm. You've got to do more than that. So you've got to start right at the start before you even get to what we do. Um, you've got to start thinking about, again, your values, your messaging, your branding. Get your get some design done around that first. Mm. Get your messaging sorted with a good, you know, a good branding person and then you step forward to things like developing a website. Yes. But no, absolutely. I want to jump one in the middle of the pool of give me a website. And they go to a developer and if they're a coder, they're probably not great at design. They sort of no. don't go to get them. Um, so start at the start. And that's probably one of the best things to think about. Start at the start, but you've got to know what the start is. So mm. find out. Start in this place. It's the same as businesses starting out, the startups. They want to get funding, but where do they start? Yeah. And there's places like the Founders Institute, which I was involved in for a while, and there's a lot of startup type places now that. Now, what is the start? How do I get things happening? Mm. Uh, not just, I got a great idea, I can sell it to the world. Yeah, great. Now, how do you actually put that in a structure that's going to want the world to buy it. Yeah, and I think that's an important word that you've used, structure, because uh, far too many times I see people say exactly that. I have this grand idea. Everybody's going to want it. Everybody's going to need it. And I say, great, have you got a plan? Um, No. Have you documented it? No. Have you... Have you got an idea as to who your target audience is? Everyone? <laughs> it just yeah, goes yeah, on. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. there's no structure. There's no plan. You know, how, how are you going to measure success against, you know, what's in your head? You're not. And that's why so few businesses actually survive long term. Because mm. uh, an idea can have a, a real blossoming period, but it will, unless there are then even if they didn't start with a good structure, if they mm. didn't build the structure underneath it when it's growing, yes. it will collapse. Yeah. And that's where, that's really my, my, my bag at Mad Scientists. You know, Ian's the great strategist and technical, and Andrew, technical and SEO, and our account managers can talk through things and, and know their stuff too. We, mm. we don't just have salespeople. We have people who've done the work at the ground level. Mm. But really behind it all, what I'm trying to do is go, how do all the pieces fit together and how mm. can they help each other and yes. how do we have a process that is repeatable Yeah. that does the same results over and over again, good results for people. And if businesses don't build those sort of structures and systems, and that's where things like uh, the, um, uh, the e-myth and that sort of stuff, those books that were you know, like Bibles for small business. Um, I have that yeah, you probably do. Uh, even if we, <laughs> we went a bit off the next book that you wrote, but um, but things around systems and structure mm. is really important, and really that's why you hang all the other emotional stuff and the values and all that off all of this. 
and they do blend together. It's, yes. And you can't just go running off being all emotional and, and just talk about values all the time mm-hmm. without having a structure. And you can't just have a structure with no soul. So it's like one, the structure is a skeleton and the other part's your soul and you've got to bring them together and make a proper business. Yeah. yeah. I like to refer, uh, rightly or wrongly, but uh, I like to refer to uh, some practices in business uh, being quite similar or aligned to my dating life. And, Ooh, yeah, yeah and, you know, it just, you know, it makes people go, sorry. And But basically I look at those scenarios where clients come to me and say, uh, I've got this great idea and, and I say, great, have you got this, have you got that, have you got this? And they say, no, great. Okay, well, that's, that's fine because let's work on getting this done. Let's work on getting that done. And I find out very quickly that they're not committed to doing, you know, putting the effort in to the, to the less sexy work that it takes to get their grand plan off the ground and to make it a sustainable idea. And mm. it really just reminds me of like a friend with benefit situation. You're in lust but you're certainly not in love, right? You're certainly happy to turn up and think all the sexy things and, and you know, and have some fun, but you're not, you're not ready. You're not in love. You're not ready to roll your sleeves up and do the dishes after she's just cooked your dinner, right? Yeah. You're not ready to, uh, to, to vacuum the floors after the party she just held for you. You know, you're in lust with your idea. You're certainly not in love. It's, it's, you know, five minutes past a one-night stand. Yeah, and therefore it is a one-night stand. It's an idea that sounds great, but, oh, it's just too hard to bring to life. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Really does sound like my dating life. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go off and have a little cry first. No. Um, But, uh, (laughs) yeah, and that's true. A lot of – everybody has ideas. I mean, some of us, you know, sit together and have a chat over coffee, as we used to be able to do. Um, And you'd come up with two or three business ideas. Mm. And Ian and I are great at that. However, it's a matter of going, again, sticking to your lane, saying, look, we can go and get distracted with this over here. Yes. But is it, is, is it really what we're doing? Mm. Um, or is it something for another time? Or is it an idea to pass on to someone else if they really like it? Like it? Because um, anybody who's an entrepreneurial in business will have different ideas along the way. Yes. And there's, that, there's I suppose, another little... Thing, isn't it? It's discipline to go. Now, this is my idea. I'm taking to the end. Commitment. But if you don't know what, if you haven't put a plan out, you don't know what the end is. Absolutely. So what is the end? Is the mm-hmm. end uh, selling it for a million dollars? Is the end passing it on to your child? Is the end yeah. selling it to your business partner? Yeah. Or is the end just closing it after having fun for three years? I, I don't know. Exactly. And if you don't know what the end is, then where are you going? I, I don't know. Um, actually, it's it's funny. I I um I come up with a weird little um idea of how to explain to someone who'd had a business for thirty two years and was successful, but he had no goals mm. at all for what was next, and and he just didn't want to go there. And and I, I, I just I come up with this weird thing. I said, okay, let, let's just imagine something because he was into hunting and stuff like that. So I said, okay, you've been, you've been dropped. You're going hunting. You've been dropped into a, a forest and it's foggy. It's 
semi-dark, you can't really see anything and you know you're hunting for the bear. I said, shoot. I said, but where? I said, exactly. Where? you got to have, where's the bear? Where's the goal? Where, where is it? <laughs> you know? What um, a great analogy. I love that. Oh, my God, I love that analogy. That is fantastic. How did he take that? Um, I think he sort of got it. He was uh, an older gentleman, uh, been around a long time, and he got it, but he still didn't internally get the idea of having really a long-term goal. Mm. And I suppose in his case it's playing out a little bit because... Unfortunately, he wasn't with us for much longer after that, about two, three months. Wow. And I was coaching that business. Unfortunately, I got some things out of his head on the paper, which helped the business continue on. And they're That's still running fantastic. now, still successfully. Uh, but it's now family-owned, run by a you know, manager and that sort of thing, So, which is fine. But here he has, he's handing over a business and whatever with, again, no particular endpoint. Yes. So I don't think the family is even really sure, now what do we do now? Yeah, that can um, turn Even three years later, you know, what do we do now? So really good to think about what is the end point. Uh, like I say, start, start with the end in mind, you know, all those sort of things have been said. There's reasons why they've been said and people keep saying them because if you've got an end in mind, what is the end point, then it really drives as to what you're doing today when you bring it all the way back. Mm. Uh, if you start slicing it down, okay, that's what you're doing in five years. Well, at four years, we need to achieve this. At three years, we need to achieve that. Yes. By the end of the year, we need to achieve this much. Yeah. So that means, well, gee, by six months, we need to be here. Well, today, I need to be doing this because otherwise we won't get there in five years' time. You know? So yeah. um, unless you've got that end point, you're fluffing around. You've got no direction. So That's so yeah. true. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that was, to be honest, where I was, you know, 12 months ago was, um, you know, I, I would feel like I was really busy, but upon reflection, I was just fluffing around. I had no strategy. I had no particular goals. I, yeah, and all of what you've just said completely resonates with how I was running my business. Um, it was just a day-to-day -day operation and, and these days it's completely different. There's strategy, there's goal setting, there's execution like a mofo. You know, it is uh, a completely different business when you know what that end in sight looks like. Yeah, and you don't need 100 goals. You need one, two, three at the most. Yeah, um, yeah. Because otherwise it gets too hard to go for it. Yeah. Exactly right. And you make sure that they all align back to your purpose and your vision and you know you'll stay on track. Exactly, and back, you know, which is all about those values we spoke about a while ago. <laughs> exactly. It all, see, it all comes full circle. It I does, it. but it, people have got to spend the time in that space to make they it They do, happen. yeah. It makes everything else easier if you spend time in that space in the first place. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. We've got to stop looking at our businesses like friends with benefits <laughs> We've got to roll our okay. sleeves up and commit. 
Okay, is that the message? Is it from you? Yeah, that's my message. (laughs) Now, they are some amazing insights from decades of experience in business and life, and I want to thank you so much. Now, before I let you go, everybody Mm. by now knows that I ask all of my guests, what is the one song that gets them pumped up for anything? And we finish the podcast episode by talking about that one song. Now, here's a fun thing. I uh, have uh, already received Carl's initial one song, which was? Originally was Champions from the Queen. Exactly. So uh, Martin E, the sales strategist, he had already picked that one, so it's already already taken. So I said back to Carl, (laughs) "I I need a plan B. What's your plan B? And he came back with? Jump from Van Halen. Yes! (laughs) What a banger. Man, I said to Carl when he told me, I was like, oh, my God, when I was 13 years old, I used to ring up the radio stations with my twin sister and her best friend and we would annoy the DJs (laughs) (laughs) and we would always request Jump by Van Halen. It was, uh, yeah, we would jump off our bed, we would do air guitar, all the things, you know, polite little girls do. <laughs> I'm sure you've always been that way, Ali. Yes, I'm sure. I'm exactly. Sure. No, well, right. I just love the idea of, you know, might as well jump, as in, yeah, go for it, you know, so, yeah. Jump in, uh, exactly. Yeah. Dare to yeah. begin. Now, so yeah. what happens is the reason I ask our guests for that one song that gets them pumped up for anything is because we have, for the Value Driven Podcast, created its very own special Alien Day official uh, Spotify <laughs> playlist that will be available uh, for okay. all of our Excellent. listeners to download when they visit valuedrivenbrand.com to watch this podcast or uh, grab the link to listen to it. And you can then also download the Spotify playlist that has so far every single guest. Uh, one song that gets them pumped for anything. So, Carl, thank you. Jump by Van Halen is officially added to the playlist. So as I've uh, started to learn, it's becoming quite the eclectic mix. Uh, we now have some uh, uh, some classical Italian opera in there as well as some uh, headbangers and some techno from the 90s. It's, it's oh, really? becoming quite quite the playlist if someone listens to it and tells me that they are not pumped for anything after it then i invite you to become a guest on the show so you can put your own song on there what a good idea or create your own list (laughs) exactly or make your own list (laughs) no love it love it love it so that's good on behalf of the listeners today i want to thank you so much you and I could just continue talking for hours on end. I love learning from your expertise and your experiences in life and business. And it is such a privilege to have you on the show today. And I'm certain that everyone listening in 
would feel the same way. Now, if you want to learn more about Mad Scientist Digital or uh, Carl, you can go to valuedrivenbrand.com and Carl will be on the website with his socials and his website details available there where you also find the link to this podcast. So on behalf of myself and everybody listening or watching on Uh, I want to say thank you, Carl. Pleasure. It's been fun. Absolute ball. And uh, for everyone else, till next time, we will see you, speak to you, learn from you, hear from you, but be sure to get out there and create value for somebody else in your life. Till then. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our value-driven brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.